as we prepare the celebration of Sukkot and building the temporary housing emblematic of the millennial reign of the Mashiach when we enter the promised land for a thousand years. I couldn't help but think about the generation that entered in, that first generation that entered in. They had never been circumcised. Joshua chapter 5, Yehoshua talks about it. Can you imagine young adults all having to be circumcised? Took them days to heal, the Bible says, as a result. Their parents didn't circumcise them. All that had left Egypt were circumcised, but they didn't circumcise their children in 40 years of the desert. They died in the desert because of their disobedience to God's Torah, not the least of which was they didn't circumcise their children as well. You can imagine when you rob people of the signature event separating the holy from the unholy, the Jew from the pagan. And circumcision was the signature event. That single, singular action that was demanded by God. Abraham circumcised everyone in his family, including, don't forget himself, at 99. Papa wants obedience from his children. He loves us, but he wants obedience. But why would we not obey him? He's not evil. He's benevolent, but he demands obedience. And without it comes the consequence and the punishment of that disobedience. <clears throat> I was thinking about death, <clears throat> the death of a promise, the death of a child. They had hoped to enter the promised land, but it was the death of experiencing that promise because of rebellion. And the children should learn from death. They should learn from their fathers and mothers and their disobedience so they don't repeat their sins. But far too often, as we see throughout the Torah, throughout the scripture, that's exactly what they do. Except but for a few, repeat the sins of your fathers and your mothers. It's not so easy, is it? You have to be committed. Perhaps when looking back and seeing the failures of those that came before us, our parents, our grandparents, so on and so on, the generations and what they could have done but didn't do, perhaps by the process of elimination, you'll know what to do. Don't do what they did. Look at the results. You learn by addition or subtraction. Obey God's word. And look what the Lord adds to you. Look at the benefit. Disobey. And look what is taken from you. Look at the consequence and the punishment. The subtraction from the quality of life. The addition and the subtraction. The first things we should learn. How to add and how to subtract. To understand that if we just toe the line. And walk the line that God has set. Blessing on blessing on blessing. Because the curse bleeds over and affects so many people, your children, your neighbors, your friends. It's not just you. 
a good person affects a good king and everybody rejoices. A bad king, well, not so much. One righteous man affects so much. One wicked man can do a great deal of harm and lead others astray. The death of the people in the desert becomes a reminder of what happens when we are faithless, when we are not faithful, when we lose sight. In other words, missed it by that much. We came so close, but no cookie. So close, but you gave up at the end. What difference? You know how many of you have walked with the Lord for years and you turn back and turn around and get lazy and complacent? That's how relationships die. You dated her, wooed her, loved her, whined and dined her. Then she got old to you. Now you don't care. You don't even buy her a new dress. In fact, you don't even want to see her in a dress. You don't even want to see her at all. You stay late. You work late. You do anything else but look at that woman. Can't even stand or look at her anymore. When you eat, you look down, you look at the phone, can't even look in her eyes. You used to gaze at her eyes. In fact, you could hardly eat your food from looking at her. You could hardly watch a movie without looking at her. Now you watch as many movies as you can to keep from looking at her. You got tired of the Lord. So you died in the relationship. You got old with God. How can you get old when God is eternal, when he renews your strength? So you're able to run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Makes you jump like a young gazelle. And it's not from a pill that you took. You can be 80, but walk like 20. Because the spirit is renewed in you. Death teaches us so much. The death of those who did not walk right. The death of those who died because of a certain way they ate. Or how much liquor they drank. Or how many pills they took or their lifestyle. Now you know what not to do to kill you. But quite on the contrary, most continue to do what killed their mothers and their brothers and their friends. Your friend died from a party, died from this, and you still go to parties. Died of emphysema, but you still smoke. Died of some sexual disease, but you still sleep around. Wow. You know, when they had the AIDS crisis, did they stop? Nope. They tried to figure out a way around it to continue it. Everyone wants to continue in the sin and the debauchery. Why do you want to continue in the sin and the debauchery? For some of us, when you experience death, it helps. The death of a dream, yes, the death of a pet, a dog, a cat, a goldfish. It helps to give you a reality check. The death of a family member, even more so. A mother, a father, a grandmother, grandfather, someone you were close to, a brother, a sister, a parent, a wife, a spouse, a friend. And for some of us who've had the misfortune of experiencing multiple loss of life of friends, nephews, people shot, 
people dying of diseases, all kinds of things, car accidents. We've had the misfortune, but there was a fortune in that misfortune of having to go through that loss and know actually what it feels like. It changes your perspective to attend a funeral of someone you knew personally or someone you were tied to very closely. To be face to face with death in an intimate way and feel that intimate loss, understanding the mortality of your own limited existence on this planet. And for those of you who have not experienced that, I would say as misfortunate as an experience that is, unfortunate I should say, as it is, there is a great and valuable lesson to be garnered from having to walk through a sickness and hospice care or walk in the road where someone's dying, experience the pain and the loss of a life that you are still living, but they are about to give up. They actually go to, through that funeral, go to that grave site, watch that body be put in the ground, hear the tears, feel the mourning, go through the Shiva, feeling that loss, absorbing it, recognizing this world that we don't live forever, recognizing this world that there is consequence and punishment to the people around us that were either an action by their own doing or an action by someone else. That no matter how righteous and holy you live, someone else may take your life unfairly. Life, involuntary or not. And it gives you a different perspective on walking through the desert of life, understanding what tragedy and loss can teach us and what we can learn from it if we choose to. Not everyone does. But when you do, it's an invaluable lesson that can stay with you for the rest of your life. It's a, a spiritual breaking of a naivete from your virgin perspective of life and living. Life has a way of breaking you in and opening your eyes in a righteous way. Tragedy and trauma can be a very painful way and it can in and of itself be a very harmful way to be introduced to such a reality. And that presents a whole new plethora of problems. We all wish we could learn it the natural way, the easy way, but we don't get to choose that, do we? But whichever way it comes, by natural causes, by shock, by trauma, by tragedy, God gives us the strength to walk through it because he has a promise for us on the other side. Never forget that. The promise is on the other side. Happy Sukkot. Stand with me and let's give we God give you the glory. You are worthy, holy Lord. Your name is holy. You are Abba Ado.